What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. And the rest, I guess, $50,000 was credit cards. And that was like across 15 credit cards. I know. You're, I know. You're kidding me right now. No, no. You had more credit card debt than you actually owed on your car? Correct. What kind of car are you driving? A Ford Focus. <laughs> What's happening? No You know, a lot of people get on me because I believe in truly being 100% debt free. Um, I had the opportunities to work with, I believe, the guru when it comes to financial freedom, which is Dave Ramsey. And his whole message is um, live like no one else so you can live and give like no one else. And, and the concept of that is be 100 percent debt free. So anytime I can get on my show, my platform and really share the message of uh, getting debt free, eliminating your debt and building that freedom. Um, I, I'm going to get on here. And so there is this young lady I've been following for a while and. Oftentimes, we bring people on the show and tell y'all how they paid off all their debt. I've never really had someone on the show who's going through the actual process, the journey, the experience, the frustrations, the I want to give up and willing to share what they're doing, why they started, how are they feeling, what what's their process looking like. And I mean, man, she's built her whole brand around sharing and being real relevant and transparent with where she is at with her journey. So y'all, I I am super excited about my friend Nika, Nika Booth, who is joining us at the table today. Uh, she is currently still in debt, but she is currently black and proud saying, I am on the journey of financial freedom. And so I really want y'all to lock in for these next few minutes and just really uh, walk through this process. And this will be the first time I had someone on my show 
going through the journey with us. And y'all know me. Y'all know me. I'm going to enjoy this show. But before we get to my sister, uh, real quick, man, you guys, I want to thank today's sponsor of the today's show, uh, Bethel Tech. Do not forget um, that if you really want to get extra income coming in so that way you can really start attacking your debt, the key thing is making your shovel bigger, which is your income bigger. And I think one of the number one career fields that are uh, producing 100,000 heirs and millionaires is the tech field. I really do believe that tech is becoming the new black. My, my boy Cyrus has actually coined that phase. And pretty much what that's saying is that a lot of black people need to get into tech because the income is there. And if we're going to close that wealth gap, one, we got to be a homeowner. We'll talk about that later on in the show. And then two, we got to get some income coming in. And that's tech. So nine months. You can go to Bethel Tech. You can go to anthonyneal.com forward slash Bethel. It's a nine-month program. Tell them you sent over there by your boy AO, and they will give you a $1,000 to $1,500 scholarship. They will also even help you with paying like the fifteen dollars to $17,000 uh, boot camp fee. But then within nine months, you can change your next nine years. You could be making anywhere between $80,000 to up to high six figures within the next 12 months of your life. Because I'm telling you all right now, after you watch today's story with this amazing queen, and how she's winning in life and how she's eliminating this process of her debt. Y'all, it's going to be amazing. She came in here on fire. She came in here on fire. Can I, can I be real with y'all? Because this is the table, right? She was like, oh, you really are black. I was like, what the heck? I said, what? Huh? <laughs> so y'all, welcome to the table, my sister from D.C. I'm in D.C., but not in D.C. And she's like, you are not in D.C. I am in D.C., though. No. You're on PG the, County is D.C. You're on the outskirts of D.C. But I can't tell people I'm on the outskirts. Yeah, you I can. tell people I'm in D.C. You say you live in the suburbs of D.C. Okay, I, I like that. I live in the suburbs of D.C. I live in the suburbs. Yo, Nikki, what's up? What's up, hey, yo? Oh, man, listen. <laughs> man, let's get straight into it because you have an amazing story. Thank you. And um, I was like, yo, when I was reading your story, when I, I followed you a while ago, I was like, all right, let me study a little bit more. I was like, wow, this woman is really being transparent, yeah. open on social media about where you are, you know? Yeah. And so what's the name of your brand? Debt-free going to be. Debt-free going to be. And yeah. that stands for you are about to be debt-free. Yes. Absolutely. Will your brand change when you become debt-free? It will not. Um, because as much as it is about my journey, about me going to be debt-free, it yeah. is also like a declaration. I'm going to be debt-free. And so even though my journey may be coming to somewhat of an end, at least when it comes to paying off debt, you know, obviously the journey continues with other financial goals, there are still going to be people who need help mm. in getting out of debt. And they're going to appreciate the transparency that has been my journey. You know, mm. they're going to appreciate the community that I've built there of like-minded people that are supportive and non-judgmental. They're going to need that space. And so Debt-Free Gonna Be is going to remain the name of that brand. So when did that when did that click in your head that, you know what, I'm going to be debt free. I want to be debt free. Uh, back in 2018, honestly, yeah. um, I had kind of started and stopped or stopped and started my journey several times, like kind of half half tail doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just tired of knowing <laughs> that I made decent money, but I never had. It, to show anything, you know, I had nothing to show for it. You know, every time I turned around, every time I got paid, I owed somebody. And it's like, um, you know, it's like something's got to give. Like, mm. you know, and so I knew what it felt like to quit. So I said, you know what, this is it. Ten toes down, get it together. You, The information has been put out there in multiple places. You know what you need to do to start. If you say you want this life of freedom, 
you got to do the work in order to get there. And so I started my journey in fall of 2018 with about $189,000 of debt. Wow. Yeah. $189,000. Indeed. Of debt in the fall, in fall of 2018. Yes. All right, let's let's break that down. Let's what, go. I mean, what I'm going to guess the majority of that has to be student loans. Oh, yes, about 70% of it. So about 134,000 with student loans. Okay. Um, I had about $5,000 left on my car loan. Okay. Um, and then the rest, I guess $50,000 was credit cards. And that was like across 15 credit cards. I know. You're, I know. You're kidding me right now. No, no. You had more credit card debt than you actually owed on your car? Correct. What kind of car are you driving? A Ford Focus. <laughs> and you owed 5000 on the car. Yeah, that was what was left, yeah. And you had 50 grand between 15 credit cards? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let. Come on. Can I keep it real with you? Absolutely. Were you smoking weed back then? No, I wasn't. No judgment. No, but I, <laughs> but I was not. No, I, I spent a lot of time financing my life, keeping up with people, um, buying clothes and shoes for situationships. I clothes and shoes for situationships. I, yes, I was going on trips every time somebody was like, "Oh, let's go somewhere." I was like, "Okay, cool." Swipe, and honestly. Some of that was just really me shuffling, doing balance transfers from one credit card to another. And, you know, it's still debt, but I was just moving it from one place to another. Uh-huh. You why 15? Okay, wait. Yeah. I know how old, how old you are. Are you comfortable saying how old you are? Sure, I'm 41. So back then you was, what, 38, 37? Yeah, yeah. 38 with 15 credit cards? Uh-huh. Why? I, because they kept giving them to me. <laughs> They kept giving them to me. I didn't have bad credit. I mean, I went through a bad credit phase, but this was way before I even started my journey. But, you know, and then I, I had, like, a Navy Federal Credit Union, and they're they're notorious for giving you, like, oh, these man. large balances. Navy Fed is, is everybody's yeah. favorite bank yeah. when it comes to financing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's it. I mean, moving debt around, swiping. And then the crazy thing is I would pay off debt here, just rack it up over here, you know, and I was in this kind of like this cycle. I was caught in this credit card trap because on top of having this debt, I also wasn't managing, obviously wasn't managing my money properly. I didn't know about budgeting. I didn't, you know, I didn't know all of these hacks and, and things and calling up and negotiating fees and getting this canceled. And, you know, I didn't know as much as I know now about money management and saving and investing and managing your debt and paying off your debt. But that's not even it. I got more. More what? That 189 uh -huh. went up. Don't tell me you financed more. No, oh. I didn't. I didn't finance more. So how did it go up? So I had paid off about $16,000, including my car, okay. around uh, summer of 2019. Okay. But... As transparent as I had been about my journey when I started, mm -hmm. I also had some outstanding tax returns to file. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I was going to be completely transparent, 100%, and I'm going to be tackling all of my debt, that I had to file those tax returns. And the only reason why I hadn't is because, of course, I owed. And this was from under withholding, pretty much. Basically, I wanted extra money on my paycheck every time I got paid. So I hired a professional to help me. And we filed the tax returns, and at first it appeared it would be like $17,000. Now, remember, I paid off $16,000, including yeah. my car. Right. The bill came, because it was for two years, both for D.C. and the IRS, oh, no. with interest and penalties 
it was $21,946.35. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. So that's how my balance went from 189 down by 16,000 up to 211. So I was I was in more debt than what I originally started. Transparent question. Absolutely. Why did you not file those two years? Because I've been there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I did that um, uh, when I was selling cars. I didn't file that year mm -hmm. because I made so much money the first time. Yeah. And what I was doing was I was I went back into my W-2s where my, I can do my claims. Yeah. And when I, I remember when I first got my first paycheck, my first paycheck, I saw it was coming. I was, like, I was selling all these cars. Oh, I'm about to make 15 grand. I was like, you're not going to see 15 grand. I was like, I know, because them taxes about to hit me. So I went in there and changed ah. all of them, uh, changed my claims to like 15 so I can keep mm -hmm. a lot of my money because mm -hmm. I was about to go on a trip to go with the old lady at the time. <laughs> so I was like, Yo, I need to get all that. I need at least 10 grand in my yeah. pocket so I can ball out. Yeah. My dumb behind didn't go back in there and change it. That was you too? That was me. I wanted wow. that extra money, yeah. And so to answer your question, I didn't file because I knew I owed. You know, when you are not in control of your money, and I see this, you know, I see this on social media with the people that I've I've met with one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we do this thing where we avoid, right, mm -hmm. because it all seems too much, right, the, the, the burden of being in debt and, <clears throat> and not being able to manage our finances and being out of control. And so we avoid. And you see it with people who don't open bills when they come in the mail or don't respond to, you know, emails or calls you know, from debt collectors of people trying to say, hey, you know, your bill's late, you know, even before it goes to collections. And so that was part of that behavior that I had from the past where I knew I owed and I wasn't ready to face it yet. And and I think that there is a method, right, to where I don't know if you teach this on your platform, but I do teach this, that you should go in there and claim the correct amount so you can break even. Yes. Not break and owe the IRS more, Correct. you know, because I do believe that, hey, you should be claiming more than one. Yeah. Go sit down with a CPA, a financial advisor, say, hey, listen, how do I properly claim for the season that I'm in so that way I could break even? But my dumb behind, both of us were dumb uh -huh. back then with our finances. We uh -huh. said, hey, I want to keep more money. Yeah. Then I just forgot to go back and do it because yeah. I was like, y'all, I'm getting this back. Yeah. Let me get this back. Yeah. And I got the bag. I got and real then I got that IRS. Let me tell you, let me tell you I ain't never said this before. Have I said it before? I never said it before on my show. You transparent, I'm transparent. Here's how I found out that I owe the IRS. They froze my bank account. <gasps> no. They froze it. I was at McDonald's. I'll never forget that day. I was at McDonald's with this young lady. We went to lunch together. Um, and I was getting a, this is when they had the two double cheeseburgers. <laughs> You know, you can get two double cheeseburgers on Tuesdays. You can get double cheeseburgers on Tuesdays. No, it wasn't double. It was like regular cheeseburgers for like 39, 25 cents. Mm. I literally was only swiping like three bucks to get us some cheeseburgers, some fries. And this when this when they were selling the large iced tea. Yeah. Nine, nine cents. Like three, four bucks, right? And it was declined. Wow. It was declined. I was like, I, I know I have at least $10 yeah. in my account. Yeah. Right? I had, I maybe I had about, about then, about like, you know, a couple thousand. But I was like, I know I got this. this is, what? Wait, wait, what? I called him. Wow. I called the bank and said, hey, you're, the IRS has froze your account. I called the IRS. I was like, hey, sir, you, you owe us close to $28,000. So I was like, $28,000? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, from back then. Doo -doo -doo. So the lady at my church, she filed my parents' taxes. And she was like, hey, I can go back in there and we could, prop we could properly write this thing off. But I can't get this in at zero. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So what I got to do? So I had to add that on top of my, my debt-free journey as well. Yeah. 
Um, what, how do you feel now? 41 years old, you are, you're paying off debt, you don't have any kids, you're not married, mm-hmm. um, you have a great, so you have a great full-time job yeah. in the public service uh, side of things, and then you do this on the side. Yeah. And it's like, I, 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 gotta, I gotta ask you this question, why? Like, why do you want the financial freedom? I want options. Mm. I want more of my money, whether that be earned from my full-time job or mm. earned through this business. I want more of my money to be able to dictate what I do with it. Mm. I don't want to get paid and have to pay other people. I mean, there are some things, a mortgage, you know, you got bills, regular regular things for you to live and stuff. <clears throat> I want to be able to do more with my money instead of turning around and having to pay interest, having to pay someone else. I also want more of my money to be able to help my family. You know, I have family members who, not that I am responsible for them. Let me make that clear. Um, I have a responsibility to them and I'm not responsible for their mismanagement of money. But I also have a mother who's getting older. I have a mother who has health, you know, health challenges. I want to be able to support where I can. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that if I've got all this overhead, I've got all these people in my pocket wanting money from me every time I get paid. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to put more of my money to work for me for the things that matter to me. Okay. All right. You're just like me. <laughs> you my sister for real. I'm serious. I say a lot of people ask me, like, Anthony, why do you lean on the debt-free side? And I'm like, well, because I, I want freedom and I want options. Yeah. You know, I grew up without options. I had, like, when I, back then, you know this because you're older than me. It's like, <laughs> I mean, but you don't owe my mouth. I was just saying, why you got to say it like that? Like, four years. <laughs> Let's be real. You ain't that old. <laughs> You my sister, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but back then in in the 90s, man, you know, in California, we couldn't work without a work permit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't have work. Did your daughter have to get a work permit, CJ? Nah, she was 17. Mm -hmm. But they don't, do they even require work permits anymore for people younger? I don't think so, right? I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I had to get a work permit to go get a job at 14, and I only could work 10 hours a week in Mm -hmm. California. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as I turned that age, mom and daddy was like, yo, bro, you ain't going over there. Get you behind the work. Yeah. You know, go to work. Yeah. And I would ride my bike off of Highway 76 to go to Taco Bell yeah. to work. And I will remember my parents were like, are you going to work today? I was like, yeah, bring us home something to eat. Because it, my parents weren't broke, but we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck. Sure. And so it was like, for me, I'm like, man. We didn't have options. We didn't take family vacations. Mm-hmm. We didn't take, you know, uh, family out of the state, out of the country trips. Um, we went to Six Flags because our church went to Six sure. Flags, not because the family was going to Six yeah. Flags. You know, and I was like, man, I want to be able to have the freedom to give my wife and I the option to do what we want to do with that. Um, and one of my good friends, um, you know, they, they want the same option. It's like, oh, bro, we want the exact same mm-hmm. option. And that's why they want financial freedom. Yeah. And so, but 200,000 mm-hmm. plus debt. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it a buck. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a house. Somewhere. That's a lot. Yeah. Was it discouraging? Because I think there's people looking just like, yo, how is, how is she smiling right now? <laughs> how is she still joyful right yeah. now? Like, she's 41, mm-hmm. and she's like, yo, yo, good, girl. <laughs> oh, you crazy. Oh, Bubba. You know what I'm saying? How is she, like, you, you, you in your 40s, and you still got joy? Yeah, absolutely. How, I, how, are you, how are you processing through this journey right now? First of all, I've been through worse. 
Mm. I've been through worse. And what I didn't say, you know, what what kind of really was the catalyst in this and me really pursuing my why was shortly after starting my journey as a federal, you know, I'm a federal employee, mm -hmm. I was furloughed. You was furloughed. So, no, keep in mind, this this is me. Serious. Absolutely. I'm getting out of debt. I start my journey in September 2018. By December 2018, I'm furloughed, working <sighs> full time, receiving partial pay and had no idea what my paycheck was going to look like. And during that time, it was a different administration that wasn't really all cozy with federal, you know, the federal workforce, had no idea how long it was going to last. It lasted 35 days. And I remember doing that 35 days. I said, when this is over, never again. Mm. No one is ever going to dictate when I get paid, how much I get paid, or my ability to be able to take care of myself. Mm. And that's really what lit the fire in me. And so, no, not a lot of people could go through all the ups and downs of a journey tackling six-figure debt the way that I had. But I've been through worse, and I've weathered all of those ups and downs from the furlough to the tax debt to 2020 and not knowing what that was going to look like. And I'm still here. Mm. So absolutely, I have joy because I didn't quit. And I now see what happens when you don't quit. Yeah. I quit before. I knew what that felt like. I was going to stay broke. Ooh. Right? Ooh. But now I'm sitting here with an emergency fund. Yeah. I'm sitting here having increased my retirement, my yeah. investing, yeah. with just my student loans left. Wow. So your credit card, 15 credit cards. Done. Gone. Done. They gone. They're gone. Because I didn't quit. So absolutely I got joy. Because I am literally living the life that I am building. I'm still in the middle. I'm yeah. not, I haven't gotten all the way there. Right. But as I've, I've paid off debt, I've freed up money yeah. that I'm able to put towards the things that matter to me. Yeah. So when my mama call or she has, you know, a, a, a medical bill, guess what? Yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And, and, and I know people say, well, wait, 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 you still got this student loan debt. Yep. But you're talking about you're giving money away over here. Uh -huh. So what are you doing about the student loan debt? I, I, I know my people. <laughs> you know what I'm Trust me, y'all. I asked the same question before the interview. Like, oh, well, well, hold up. Yeah. What you, do you mean you got this debt over here? But... I think that there is a good strategy that you have in place with the new red tape and the, the new remix of the student loan laws yes. that this administration has put together. Absolutely. Um, and I like that because beforehand, I think before what this administration just did with the student loans, I would be like, oh, you need to be attacking your student loans because before it was only getting approved about one to two percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. But because you work in the federal government and in the public sector side. You are now, how much student loans do you have left? 133000 And based upon your, the new laws for student loan forgiveness, uh -huh. all 100 of that will be? It'll be gone. So all they've done is they've relaxed the rules for public service loan forgiveness. So that's not, that's not subject to litigation like Biden's like 10K student loan forgiveness. Right. That's not that. This is an established program. And what they've done is they've realized the program wasn't working the way it was supposed to for the people who are taking a pay cut to work in public service, right? Right. right. So they've relaxed the rules um, under this waiver that's expiring literally on the 31st. Okay. And through that waiver, having they're going back to do retroactive credit for payments that would not have qualified. Mm. And because of that, my payment counts have jumped from maybe 30. You need 120 payments. Right, right. They jumped from like 30 and me needing to be in public service for at least five more years. Right. They're over 100 now. 
Over a hundred. And there's one more adjustment that needs to take place before the end of the year, and all my loans are gonna be gone. All of them will be gone. All 133,000. So now let me ask you this question, because I teach people, don't, don't, don't depend on the white Agree, house. agree. No focus on your house. Agree. Uh, what are the possibilities from your seat mm -hmm. that that last piece will not happen? It's it's not possible that it won't. It's not possible. It's not that possible it won't that it won't. They'll be gone. They'll be gone. Uh, I am absolutely one hundred percent certain that they will be gone. So the people are saying right now, okay, wait, thank God, mm -hmm. amen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's break this down a little bit more for them. How can they see if they fall up underneath the same guidelines as you? Sure. So the rule is you have to work full time mm -hmm. for uh, in public service for a public service organization mm -hmm. or other not for profit. Full time. Full time. And not part time. Not part time. Not even 39 hours. Absolutely not. 40 hours or more. 40 hours or more. And someone has to be able to attest to that, meaning someone needs to be someone at that organization or multiple because mm -hmm. people can put together 10 years, right, right, right. Um, from multiple organizations. Someone has to sign a form to say, yes, you worked 40 hours full time at this place that is designated a public service organization or a uh, IRS not nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. Submit that paperwork, and actually there are tons of tools online at studentaid.gov. They've got a tool to help you see if your employer yeah. actually is in the database. And even right. if they're not, that doesn't mean they don't qualify. Okay. But they have to fit those two criterias, public service or not-for-profit. Yeah. All right? And they are counting prior periods of repayment. Um, the, the original rules of PSLF requires you to make these payments like within 15 days of the due date and it has to be a certain repayment plan and um, you have to <coughs> make the payment in full. They're counting lump sum, partial payments, late payments. So when I'm telling you it's life-changing literally for me and millions of other people. For real. For real. So, and that's why literally my content has kind of shifted um, from my general debt payoff journey to student loans because so many people get confused about all the information that's out there. They're confused whether P uh, public service loan forgiveness, PSLF, is the same thing Biden's talking about. They're different programs. They're Break that down. They're two completely different relief efforts. You know, Biden's uh, forgi forgiveness is income-based, mm -hmm. right? Public service loan forgiveness is not. Right. Biden's loan forgiveness is up to 20000 Public service loan forgiveness is any of your outstanding Right student loan debt. Right. So they're very different. Um, and so I'm doing my best to get the word out, you know, on a daily basis, because there were millions of people who actually already qualified for public service loan forgiveness. Yep. They hadn't done their paperwork. And on the public loan side, that doesn't cover your private loans. No, it does not. Yeah. All the both of these efforts are for federal loans only. I, I had to say that, y'all. You, you did. Because I like somebody else. Oh, wait, I got I got pri I don't know, private is private. Yeah. Unfortunately. Private is private. I am not a fan of student loans. Mm -hmm. Here's what I will say. If you take out student loans, the better option is always going to be federal. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, y'all know me. I wrote the book, Debt Free Degree. Listen, whole whole book about it. I wrote a whole book about it, you know, because a lot of people don't think they can go to school debt free. Mm -hmm. And I think now those are the people who are not willing to put in the work. Agreed. In my opinion. Uh, no, agree. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who who went to school and they just didn't know. Mm -hmm. They didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. and I, and it's cool. I didn't know neither, you know, and I didn't finish school. Uh, but my sister graduated with six figures in debt yeah. and they just paid it off a few years ago. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, man. So if the key thing right now 
Um, and we're going to drop this the information and some links in the show notes uh, to help you all go there to fill out the application. So go check out the show note links because I'm telling you right now, it's going to be, this is going to be important. Mm-hmm. You've got to do this by uh, October 31st. Um, uh, so I'm telling y'all, do this after November 1st. What what should they do if they didn't take advantage of this? Well, we've got to prepare for student loan payments and interest to resume. Um, mm-hmm. The interest the interest waiver and the payment pause on federal student loans expires on December thirty first. So while there's a lot going on in the news about you know the lawsuit for Biden student loan forgiveness and everybody's distracted, mm-hmm. that bill's going to come due in January sometime, yep. right? Yep. And so the best <coughs> thing you can do is, especially if you have federal student loans and you know private loans, you've been paying on them through this whole entire pandemic. Yep. But for those who have federal student loans, majority of them have not been paying, making payments for over two years because they've been saving, trying to leave, trying to live, you know, breathe a little bit or pay off higher interest debt. Absolutely. Right. Um, So you got to prepare. And that's making sure your contact information is up to date, knowing how much you owe in total. Mm -hmm. Right. And who you owe it to. So if you don't know your loan servicer, you're going to link it. But you can find that out on studentaid.gov. Then check in your budget because hopefully you got a budget. Right. Some people have experienced lifestyle creep because they haven't been making these payments over two years. They've been buying more, and I get inflation and the cost of everything is high, but they've been buying more, you know, Mm -hmm. because they've had this extra money in their budget. So you've got to make, you got to look at your budget, check your spending, make the necessary adjustments because those payments are going to come due. Now, of course, if you can't afford to make payments, there are options. You can talk to your loan servicer, get on the right repayment plan, or request some type of forbearance. Um, I just highly recommend that only if you absolutely can't make your payment because that interest is a problem. It is. It is. That interest is going to be a huge problem for a lot of people, unfortunately. But I will say they are making changes coming in July Mm -hmm. of next year Mm -hmm. that would limit the amount of events for which under which the interest capitalizes when it's added back onto the loan balance. So they recognize that there is a problem. They are trying to do some things. And some of the just going back to public service loan forgiveness real quick. There are some. Uh, concessions or relief in the waiver they, that they are making permanent, but that's not going to come until July, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So there's this huge gap in which people aren't going to be able to benefit if they don't meet the the waiver deadline on the 31st. But there are some changes that are coming to student loans, um, and hopefully they come without any type of um, legal challenges because people are burdened. People can't make, you know, they're, they're having to make these decisions. Do I buy a home or have student loans? Do I start a family or have student loans, you know? Yeah. A lot of people who are crippled by this, and that leads me into the second sponsor of the day. I really want to thank them because you know one thing that uh, Nika said was student loans are preventing people from starting dreams, from building wealth, and watch this from actually becoming an actual home owner. A lot of people think, well, because my student loans are deferred, I don't owe it, so I can still get into a home. And honestly, uh, that's not the case necessarily. But my friends over at Churchill Mortgage are actually helping people get into homes with their student loans uh, still being on there. Uh, because I do understand that right now, times are a little bit difficult. Times are a little a little weird, especially with high interest rates. But here's what I love is that if we 
are going to uh, close the wealth gap, or if you are my white brothers and sisters, continue to build wealth, home ownership is a key ingredient to actually building wealth. And I think the best company in the world to go through your financing with, they finance all of my homes, is Churchill Mortgage, because they're gonna give you a guaranteed approval, they're gonna give you the lowest interest rate possible, they're gonna help you get into your dream home, they're gonna help you marry the home and then date the rate, because they understand, hey, they want you in a lower rate as well. So they're gonna teach you the process on how do you date it, how do you keep looking, and how do we get rid of that boyfriend, girlfriend, and get a better rate, a better relationship uh, for the home. And then not only that, they're going to give you an extra $5,000 to go on top of your earnest money. So let's say, for an example, you go in there and you said, all right, uh, buyer, seller, um, I'm, I'm giving you my earnest money. Also, Churchill's giving you an extra five grand on top of it because you know what? We believe that, hey, this is a guaranteed process. One thing about Churchill that that they do, which is so perfect to me, is before they give you their uh, pre-approval, they do all the research on you. They make sure your income is good. They make sure your credit is right. They make sure that they feel once you go to um, under closing, uh, you're good. So that way, when you go to present everything, there's nothing that can happen. And they're willing to put $5,000 of their money on top of it. So I want you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash church hill. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash church hill. Let my friends take good care of you. Even if you do still have some student loans or uh, some current debt right now, I'm not a huge fan of getting into a mortgage with a bunch of debt, but in this in these days and times, I do understand uh, that home ownership, especially within a minority community, um, is helping us close that wealth gap and helping us build wealth. And so I will call them and just check with Churchill, see if you're in a good position to be a homeowner, um, and they'll walk you through the whole process. All right, so check them out, anthonyneal.com forward slash church. Um, I love those people. Um, so, all right, let's, let's walk this through. How did you pay off your debt? How, how did you get, you know, the majority of your consumer debt going? Uh, because right now you just have your student loan debt. Yeah. Right. So when you went up um, to 211,000 11, uh-huh. and you have how much left right now? One, 133. So that's about 80 grand. Mm-hmm. 80 grand that you've paid off within the last two, three years? Three years. Okay, three years. Ballpark figure between everything. How much are you making a year? Ballpark figure. Uh, 150. 150. And that's in D.C. Correct. And so the cost of living here in D.C. is going to be a little bit cheaper. I mean, high. But other places will be a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. um, uh, than, than that. Okay, so... What would you say the cost of living is here? Because uh, my my guys my guys are um, sitting here. Somebody see it's too hot, but I will also say I it, I, well, I uh, own exactly. So 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 my mortgage is under a thousand dollars. Alex, you ain't saying nothing there. When did you buy your house? Uh, twenty seventeen. That's not a long time ago, you that guys. Was way better rates. And it, what I did, yeah, I, my I rate agree. is really good. But I'm, and a, but I'm saying though, is is what what would you say the average rent here is in DC? Oh, uh, upwards of two thousand, I'm sure. Mm. I and honestly, that's that's an ignorant guess because I haven't looked. But I just know rent is high. Rent is high. Yeah, yeah. and that's for a studio. That's for a studio. Bro, yeah, right? a family home is going to be about three, four thousand. Oh. More than that. I mean, the house across the street from me is uh, sold for one point one million. I. Uh, like one point something million. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I mean, for me, I just like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's great for you know it's saying? great for the right my 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 the value of my home, but it uh, also I'm also looking out across the street saying, 
those houses might be outside of my budget, yes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you paid off eighty grand. You're making about a buck fifty uh, with everything that you do. Yep. Right. So that's that's a buck fifty gross. Yeah. So you're seeing about what about ninety to one hundred and ten net. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you're writing your stuff off. Um, how how are you living? Do you think you live a modest life? You think you live a very budget friendly life, or are you you saying you know what? I, I'm good now. I live a budget friendly life. Like I'm still very much, although I've paid off that debt and I have some extra money when I get paid, I'm still very much budget conscious. But there were things that I never cut out. I just cut back. Um, um, I'm an example. Yeah. So I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge Washington Nationals fan. Oh. And I didn't. I actually have season tickets, half season, half okay. season, not okay. full season. Okay. Um, so I didn't cut that out, but what I did, instead of swiping my credit card every time the bill came due, I saved I saved for it. So I set up a sinking fund and set aside mm. every time I got paid until I had the full amount and then paid for my tickets wow. um, when the bill came due. So, like, oh. I still did that. I still ate out. I just didn't do it every week, you know, or it would be a happy hour to save money, you know. And, you and drink I, a little? I drink a little bit, yeah. Not a whole lot, but I drink a little. I think she's being conservative at the time. No, not at all. Not at all. You brunching in D.C.? Uh, not as much as I, not not as much post-COVID. Okay, okay. But I, yeah. I did. Sunday fun day was a thing, oh, yeah. especially when all I right. first moved all to right. D.C. <laughs> all right, all right. But when I first moved to D.C., I wasn't on my debt-free journey either, mm. right? So a friend would call, be like, let's do Sunday fun day. Okay, and I'm all day long out day drinking. Come on. Right? Spending money here, go over here, let's go down U Street. And I'm not doing that now, mainly because I'm old, but also because I'm more budget conscious. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely do love it. I genuinely do love it. Man, I wish we had more time on the show uh, for you, you know, because this is this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, but we're going to drop all of Nika's um, information in today's show notes. I want you to go check her out. Go check out her Instagram because I'm telling you right now, it's going to bless you tremendously. Uh, follow her um, going to be debt free journey. You know, she's been able to walk this process and I love it. I was like, yo, come share a portion of your journey with us. So we'll drop all her show um, information in today's show notes. Make sure to check out my sponsors. Go get you a mortgage. Get into Belt the Tech and I promise you, you'll thank me later. Yo, it's your boy Anthony O'Neill. We'll see you on the next show. Peace out.